Polly, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I've been buzzing about this. Me too. <laughs> buzzing and nervous. <laughs> There's no need to be nervous. I get more nervous than the guests, trust me. Really? Yes. <laughs> 90 odd episodes and I still get more nervous okay, than the guests. That, so that makes me feel better. Whatever you're feeling just now, I'm 10 times worse sitting on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, a really different episode, I think, tonight. Um, and an industry that we've never spoke about on the podcast so you're you're breaking new ground um you will be able to describe your job far more better than i will so i will leave it to you to tell me what it is you do okay no pressure <laughs> <laughs> um so i am a teacher mm-hmm. i'm a primary teacher um, by qualification i'm currently working within a setting where children come from complex trauma backgrounds so children who are have experiences within the care system, um, a whole range of life experiences um, that have went on and before they come to us. Um, I'm obviously working on behalf of the education side of things and we have a care side as well that makes sure that the children and young people that come to us have a safe home um, and essentially that they're fully looked after. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm currently based, but with my own experience and having spoken to colleagues within the profession, um, hopefully I can sit here and have a an in-depth conversation about the teaching profession um, as it is yeah. just now in the modern world. So yeah. And see from being, kind of going through the, the uni journey and being qualified, etc. Did you see yourself in this setting as a teacher or did you see yourself going into a school, kind of local school, etc., and starting from there? Or what was your plan? Um, I think I had always imagined myself being based in the setting that I am, but never this quickly. Yeah. Um, I am so new into the teaching world, so early in my career that mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would find myself where I am just now. However... I'm kind of glad because I was unaware, let's just say, of the reality of the job. And I think no matter where you are these days, mm-hmm. teaching is a difficult profession. It's only becoming more challenging. Um, and yeah, I am here just now. So um, to answer your question, no, I didn't see myself getting into this particular area of teaching this mm-hmm. quickly um however it just happened to sort of come up and I thought you know why not yeah um um motivated I just yeah. think yeah let's let's go for it um, and I'm glad I did I think I'm at a good time in my life where I can just experience all aspects of it mm-hmm. um but yeah just in any teaching job really um you just put it all yeah. into your job um so I guess that's something just to be conscious of that I'm trying to, even though, as I say, I am very early in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd said to you earlier, I've just, I try and do it all. So yeah. <laughs> I need to slow yeah. down, take it one step at a time, find where my feet are and mm-hmm. just take it from there. So did it put you off? You said it there that it was early in your career and did you have any doubts about taking a job like this, this early on or were you always of the, the opinion of, yeah, I'll go and try it and see, see what happens? Um, truthfully, massive doubts. Yeah. I think um, with the current setting that I'm working in, the children 
their experiences um, shape their whole idea of education. So I think when you walk into a classroom as a teacher, the pressure is on you. Yeah. You are the adult that is responsible for taking that learning forward. So I think I was really nervous because I was aware of the fact that these children have not been accessing full-time education for several reasons, mm -hmm. but this pressure of, if I don't get this right, I'm only further disadvantaging them. Yeah. Um, so I need to get it right. And I'm hard on myself no matter what it is. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there was definitely doubts there mm. of what if I get it wrong or what if I'm not good at it? Um, and I didn't want to be another adult in these children's lives that just sort of turn up and think, oh, no. Nah. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm really glad that I've I've done it because I've only been in the current setting that I'm in for just over a year. But what I have learned in this job um, will you know, I'll keep yeah. it with me forever. And I think it's interesting because I talk with friends, colleagues, just different people who are in a teaching profession of some sort and there are major similarities. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, just, again, I'm not wanting to sit here and say, oh, it's really, it's a really difficult job. Um, but I think with the way that society is and social media and all of this stuff mm -hmm. that um, I guess... It's not fully the job that I thought it would be when I started. Yeah. You know, year one of uni, let's just yeah. say. It's forever evolving and mm -hmm. forever changing. And is that a, from your point of view, is that a bad thing or a good thing? Because obviously everybody starts uni on whatever career path they're yeah. going on with this kind of blue sky idea yeah. of what the job's going to look like when they get to the end. And you're obviously in a job that you would have probably liked further down the line, it's fair to say, but mm -hmm. you've, you've got it and you're in that job just now. But do you look at it from a a negative or a positive space from what you thought it was going to be when you were going through uni and your ideal kind of teaching job, as it were? Um, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's good in the term that I'm fresh into the career. I'm trying to remain resilient i'm thinking i'm taking things mm -hmm. i'm learning from it um i'm adapting my practice constantly but i think when it's a profession that you go into because you care about it's then hard when you're faced with all these hurdles and yeah. it's especially within working with children who come from very very unfair backgrounds very very unfair backgrounds and they've had experiences that should happen to no child mm -hmm. um and then you know you walk in and, and they're sitting in front of you in a classroom wanting to learn because that's they've got the right to learn they've yeah. got a right to an education um and that's my role as a teacher i'm there to educate them and give them access to all these opportunities in the world mm -hmm. but i think um yeah i think Again, coming back to that self-doubt and, yeah. and the external pressures as well. Mm -hmm. um, even something that I wasn't prepared for, and I don't think any aspect of uni could have prepared me for the fact that if a child, for whatever reason, if they are not ready to learn, then the learning is just not happening. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest learning curve that I've had is the power of relationships, that if you do not have the trust in relationship with that child, if they, if you think of the different sort of experiences that they have had before stepping foot in the classroom, um, 
because bearing in mind with the, the setting that I'm currently in, they have maybe accessed mainstream school, they've maybe mm-hmm. been referred somewhere else, and then they come to us and they're then sitting in the class. <coughs> they've been the person that's constantly been excluded yeah. or they've been the bad boy or they've just they see themselves as the idiot of the class. And there's all these really negative self-beliefs that actually you could have the best lesson, right? You could be the most experienced, all singing, all dancing teacher. Mm -hmm. You could have the best classroom with the best equipment. But if that child is sitting there and they are thinking that my self-identity is just like, um, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, I'm I'm not even going to try. Because I think a lot of, not just children, but maybe adults, we're guilty Mm -hmm. for thinking, well, I'm not going to bother because it's just going to be a fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's tackling things like that mindset and I guess taking it back to the basics of thinking, right, this child does not feel safe in this room. Yeah. Start there. Mm-hmm. Like they are in fight or flight response. Every move I make, they're thinking, what's she doing? Yeah. Uh, why is she coming closer to me? Mm-hmm. Why is she, why is she stopped talking? Even that, like see the discomfort and silence and you yeah. think, oh, she's about to lose it or, do you know. And well, She wouldn't probably normally think. No. Would be, would no. be an issue. No, even things <clears throat> such as, obviously every, every day I learn something new yeah. and I, I hope that I continually become more trauma informed and aware of what I can do to make sure that I'm getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but even things such as, you know, I've had a colleague who's walked in and they've been, maybe they've had their hair done or they're wearing a perfume and they're like, oh, don't ask me how good. And it's triggered someone. Wow. Like that. It's like a memory. Oh, or yeah. Like, yeah. That scent or even a type of earring or yeah. it's it can be so, so broad or so yeah. particular and it you can't predict that. And I think you need to keep that in mind yeah. at all times that, actually do you know you never know what's going to come up um, such a fragile line absolutely absolutely wow. and i suppose from your point of view even if you were in like a a non-residential school a primary mm-hmm. school for example yeah. there is enough pressure in there to build relationships with children absolutely. who have probably came from a without being assumptive a decent family home and a decent upbringing but then you've also got the added pressure of kids that have seen things that they should never have been party to or mm-hmm. yeah that's a lot of pressure for your first job absolutely and i think as you say the, the relationships aspect is hard yeah no matter what setting you're in mm-hmm. and i think it's important to note not just even within a classroom setting see people who work in professions like as part of social care or if they're working with a, a child or a young person or an adult the work that transformative change mm-hmm. can't happen until there is that trust and relationship yeah. there um so yeah i think within any set and even my experience within mainstream schools mm-hmm. um it's been so interesting because again the relationships like that needs to come first yeah. um and i'll always remember this boy that i worked with who um i was like right i'm going in there and i'm making trust and relationships and i'm going to make sure that they know that i care about them and all this stuff and this wee boy i just I was trying so hard and I felt I, I wasn't getting through to him. Um, and I was, honestly, I was burning myself, my, burning myself out thinking, yeah. where am I going wrong? And as much as the wee boy didn't show me that 
he could trust me or that he was making that difference. It was the day that I was then leaving that classroom um, and he gave me a note and I didn't open it at the time because he said, don't open this just now. He kept things short and sweet. He was yeah. like, don't open that now, open it later. Right. So I was very presumptuous and I thought, oh, I'll say like, thank you, yeah. I'll miss you or whatever. Without sounding total big-headed <laughs> as if all the notes I get are not like, do you know, can I get some crisps or whatever. But the note said... Um, thank you and I'm sorry I'm sorry for whatever I've done and I managed to catch him and I said what did you mean by that and he said well every adult that leaves like it's because I've done something um, and I just thought like the thought process that's been into that note jeez oh and the fact and this this individual hardly ever was confident enough to put pen to paper like yeah. very self-critical as I said very much not I'd rather I would rather destroy your classroom mm -hmm. before I out myself as being incapable yeah. kind of thing. So the fact that, do you know, he scribbled this down and he gave me the note, but actually the fact that he was apologising, he had nothing to yeah. apologise for, but he just said, I'm sorry for what I've done because that's his experience. Yeah, um, that's the go-to. That's his go-to and he internalised it. But um, yeah, I've kept that note. It's one of the things that I keep and then I try and look yeah. back to and I think like on the days that you're really burnt out and mm -hmm. um, not taking it home emotionally, it's hard yeah. to switch off because yeah. for you to be 100% the next day, you need that recharge, but mm -hmm. it's hard. Like yeah. their their lives go on. They, it doesn't stop for them. Yeah. So. But it consumes yours as well at the it same does. time. So it's a, yeah. I'm curious now that we've spoken about that, how was your first day? Because a first day at a job, is horrendously nervous at the best of times without then describing all those things we've just spoke about? That's a good question, actually. Uh, awful. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> no, it wasn't awful, but... Um, so this is actually quite a funny story. Um, I remember walking... Now, this, this individual does not let me forget this, right? So I was walking up to the door and I was so naive, right. so gullible, so naive. It's a matter of you learn on the job. Yeah. Like one of my colleagues said actually that within this current setting, there's no exact training that can prepare yeah. you. You just, you've just got to- There's no manual. No, it, learn from your mistakes yeah. basically. Um, so I remember walking up and this young person had said um, like, oh, the piggies are here, right? Now, this is going to make me sound so stupid, but I was like little Miss Goody Two Shoes, like, oh, hi. And I was like, pigs, have you, have you got pigs here? Like, that's so lovely. Because the setting that we're in, it's very, it's very different to your usual school. Yeah. So, like, there's maybe a chicken or there's maybe whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, pigs, trying to make that mm -hmm. bonding relationship. I'm like, that's lovely. And she's like, no, you idiot, the piggies, and turned around and there was a police car behind oh, me. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh my God. <laughs> and that person makes me laugh because they'll say, do you remember that you actually thought that I was talking about pigs? And then obviously there's then tackling the whole relationship with the police with yeah. these young children, yeah. young people, because their experiences for several reasons are so negative mm -hmm. that that alone, like I had no idea how much work we would need to do yeah. with the emergency services mm -hmm. because as much as you've got to educate children on like the curriculum and what they actually need to learn subject wise there's a lot of just life skills yeah. that um that you really need to cover and we actually 
we were fortunate to get the sort of the local police into the school. Mm-hmm. They played football with the kids. It was right. the best thing that yeah. could have happened. Um, and repairing those relationships yeah. because children act out from learned experiences. You know, you only mm-hmm. know what you've been taught or shown yeah. or heard or seen. So actually it's it's shifting that whole that whole perspective. But mm-hmm. yeah, apart from that, the first day was a total blur. Um and don't believe everything that I could tell you. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way as well. <laughs> See when you were talking about the police there and it applies to like you as well and your job, but where do you where do you even begin to hatch a plan to try and gain the trust of these kids? Because it's not a as much as you're planning a, a curriculum, you're then also planning strategies for mm-hmm. how do I gain these kids' trust and their buy-in and get them to be kind of learning and taking something out of it. Where do you even begin with that? So I would say I actually spoke to my colleague about this. Um like what would you recommend to someone on day one? Mm-hmm. Um and actually it's just just be human. Like yeah. don't have an agenda. Just sit with them. Mm-hmm. If it's one child, five children, or like a group of whatever, just sit and just be human. Like yeah. um find out about them and then take it from there. Mm-hmm. Try and find similarities without always putting yourself in their perspective so it's like oh you like minecraft or well you know um i seen this with minecraft or whatever like don't control what it is don't control the dynamic too much just allow it to be and i think be very open and honest Mm -hmm. be very expressionable if you find something funny laugh about it yeah like the worst thing that you can do is go in and just sit there straight face give nothing away yeah um because for a lot of children predictability routine clear expectation that's what they respond to best Mm -hmm. so you could walk into a room with a straight face and not give off any emotion and they could just think like i have no idea what this person's thinking yeah and sadly the the reality is that their mind is not going to jump to oh they might just be waiting to get to know me their reality, again, from experience, yeah. is you can imagine it's not going to be positive or mm-hmm. healthy yeah. in any sense. Yeah. And is that hard from, and obviously not all kids will do this, and I suppose it depends on the age group you, that you're working with, but how do you manage emotions if they share like some of their experiences? Because I'd imagine you you would find some of them pretty harrowing, but you've got to keep that in check yeah. and, and just have a natural conversation. But how do you get yourself into that that frame of mind to just deal with that in a natural way? Well, again, that's something that nothing could have prepared me for yeah. that. Um, nothing. And I think someone could talk generally and say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But see, when you're building that relationship with a child, right, mm-hmm. and you really, really care about this child... And it's after the trust is formed that they then will just, in the most, yeah. you know, natural way, they'll just say, sometimes it will come out through play. So mm-hmm. a lot of things, um, and that's a sort of therapy, yeah. um, play through therapy that, you know, you'll be acting out um, families or you'll be creating a house scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just naturally it'll just come out because... Yeah. If you, like, 
if you live in a burning house, right, and that's all you've ever known, and you don't know that no one else's house is on fire, yeah. how do you know that you're, what you're saying and how you describe your home is any different to anyone else? Yeah. You're, you don't know mm -hmm. until someone says, oh my goodness. So as a teacher, I can't be the person to go, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, really? Um, and I think it's difficult. It's certainly not an easy way to just say, um, right, okay. And I think obviously that then comes into the whole child protection aspect. Mm -hmm. So I think really from what I've experienced so far is listen. Yeah. Um, don't talk. Don't put words in their mouth. Mm -hmm. Don't presume that you know the end of the sentence either. Yeah. Just listen, but listen reassuringly. So nod, like acknowledge what they're saying, acknowledge yeah. how they're feeling. Um, and ultimately assuring them that they have shared something and I'm really proud of them for doing it. It's a really, really brave thing to do. And even if it's something that maybe they're feeling guilty about or shameful about, mm -hmm. just validating how they're feeling about it, but informing them that it's so good that you've told me because now that I'm aware of that, now we can work towards yeah. whatever needs to come after that. And I think across all school settings that if a child says, I need to tell you something, it's without breaking their trust, yeah. it's informing them that I'm so glad you've told me, but let's act on this now. Mm -hmm. Like I can't keep this a secret. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. go home and not talk about this now. Yeah. Let's act on it together. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be scary and I'm not going to run and tell everyone what you've just told me, mm -hmm. but we're going to go together. I'm going to be by your side and we're going to, we're, we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, Again, easier said than done, but to answer that question, yeah, just trying to keep your emotions limited. But then what I would say to anyone who finds themselves in that setting, having a difficult conversation, whether it's with your own child or with a friend, because you never know when difficult conversations are going to yeah. happen. I think if you are in that position where you need to limit your emotions, that's fine. But see afterwards, debrief, like go to someone and yeah. just you could talk about it in a really general way. And that's where my colleagues are, you know, so valuable because yeah. I'll say this has happened or without discussing any details, I'll just say like, I just really need to chat and yeah. offload my emotions in that way. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, it's certainly it's, it's a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's almost a, this is really weird to say, but it's almost a good sign when, you get yeah. that conversation because mm -hmm. they might not have spoken about it before. Um, yeah. And they're obviously trusting you to, yeah, to talk about that. it. Yeah. So in a weird way, it's it's a positive, but it's a very, very yeah. difficult positive mm -hmm. to come across. Yeah. yeah. And from that, and you just touched on it there, and we spoke about it a wee bit before we came on, how do you deal with it when you go home? Because like that would live in my head rent free. Yeah. <laughs> even even if I was off for the weekend or if I was yeah. doing whatever. But how do you process that when you finish? I don't suppose in the job you do, you do finish mm -hmm. yeah, for the yeah. day as such because you're always thinking, but what do you do to try and balance that? Because it would it would consume you if you yeah. if you let it. So I think it's important to start off this response with 
I am in no way the person to ask advice for with that. And my friends, my colleagues, my family can confirm what you're asking her for because she is not someone to, um, yeah. I think it's difficult because if you've had a really emotional day, mm -hmm. you want to talk about it or maybe the last thing you want to do is talk about it. I think yeah. it's it totally depends. I've found that if I speak to the people that are close to me about it, if they are not from a teaching background or if they have not worked in a similar setting, mm -hmm. then there's can be a lot of judgment or misunderstanding yeah. or, oh God, that's awful. And then, what are you doing at the weekend? Like, do you know, just a yeah. total change. Yeah. So I think it's important to sort of offload it on people who get it mm -hmm. and... um who have similar experiences. So I think reaching out to colleagues yeah. and offloading it before you go home. Cause I think see leaving it at the door and then getting in your car. And I'm fortunate that I've got quite a long commute. And I know that sounds weird saying that that's a fortunate thing, mm -hmm. but I'll get in my car mm -hmm. and I'll put a podcast on or I'll put a, listen to music yeah. and I will switch. I'll try and switch yeah. off and don't get me wrong. That doesn't just work. That's mm -hmm. not a simple fix. Yeah. I am thinking about my current pupils, but then I'll then see something and I'll think of someone that I've taught previously or yeah. I'll think, oh, I wonder how they're getting on. Um, so I think just, as I said to yourself, recognizing that you can't change the world. Mm -hmm. You can only act within the moment that you're in. So yeah. finishing each day thinking, do you know what? Even if I didn't do everything that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. I turned up. I kept like strengthening the relationships. I listened when they needed someone to listen to yeah. them. I tried my best. And I think that teaching is such a self-critical profession that um, you're gonna always think, how can I do better? Yeah. How can I improve? Um, platforms like social media, it's great because you can see things that people are doing mm -hmm. and you can borrow ideas yeah. and you can, be inspired but you can also get home from a really rotten day mm -hmm. and compare yourself like anything yeah you can then look and think oh my god uh you know no learning happened today yeah. uh, learning was always happening but no nothing went to plan yeah and then there's you know mr black and his excellent lessons or whatever yeah. whatever you know um very easy to compare so i think don't do that just switch off and just find something that you enjoy mm -hmm. keep busy in the evenings keep keep your mind going um and yeah again i'm i'm afraid that's all but, the advice i've got because but i think that's good <laughs> as well because you're you're obviously early on in your career as well and yeah i don't think that's a a bad answer because people will be sitting in the same position mm -hmm. and going well it's not just me then yeah oh, that, no, that it feels like that do you know what not. i mean so i don't definitely think that not. i think that's a good answer because it's a it's an honest answer mm -hmm. and I guarantee you, if you'd have said, oh, I'm fine, I just park at the door, people will be watching us going, liar, <laughs> absolute absolutely. liar. Um, absolutely. So yeah, I like the answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about, and obviously, uh, if you've been in this position a year, is there any real success stories that you've had or points with, without being specific and mm -hmm. being generic as possible, you felt, I've done really well here. I've 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 done really well with this situation. 
Um, so I think an important moment that comes to mind because it's a sort of bittersweet celebration. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of my input within this story, but the sort of, I'll tell the story and then you yeah. understand what I'm meaning. So um, we had a young person that came to us who had not been able to engage in education for a number of reasons. Um, their entire experience of education had been disrupted for, again, more reasons than one. They were constantly being removed from class. They were just, they had never made friends. It was just really, really, I can't imagine how difficult it would have been for this young person and the people around them because mm -hmm. um, it just, things just hadn't been aligning for this young person. And the young person found themselves within our setting. And I'm not saying that we were like, oh, look at us getting it right because it was again, trial and error, yeah. forming those relationships, creating a safe classroom, mm -hmm. no taking away the sort of fear of making a mistake that yeah. we're all here to learn. Yeah. Um, and through time, just consistency, routine and all that stuff. And what we were offering just ha it happened to be right for this, this young person. Mm -hmm. So the change was incredible. Right. Things like, um, at first, so, when I compare the first their first day to where they are now, on their first day, within twenty minutes, they attacked staff. Wow. Um, before they sat down and yeah. and within my classroom, before they sat down, they went for a teacher yeah. because it was like I might as well get it out there. I'm just that's who I am. Um, I'm not gonna last long because I never do. Yeah. So I might as well just get myself removed and get the disappointment over with. And thankfully within the setting, we were fully prepared for it. And yeah. and we reassured the child that they're safe and all this stuff and um, just treated them the exact same as we would if that hadn't have happened. Yeah. Um, whilst obviously looking at the violence aspect of that and learning through that and how are we going to express ourselves differently and all that stuff. And it's not been a plain sailing journey. Yeah. However, fast forward, um, say, four or five months and it got to like the end of the school year mm -hmm. so it came to writing a school report now i could not wait to write this person's school yeah. report like i was so excited because there was so much to recognize and i literally could not wait to write home about oh my god listen like he's done this he's done that whatever and i um caught up with the person at home with this child and i said are you proud Mm -hmm. And they said, we're really proud, but he hates you. He absolutely hates you. And I just thought, what? And she said, um, he has never had praise like that before. Like mm -hmm. he has he has never had a good school report. So see, when your report came, it was so alien, so unfamiliar mm -hmm. that he just thought it was a total question of his entire identity yeah. as a young person. And he just thought, oh my God, like, wow. It, part of it, which this child then later spoke about, which is so powerful. And I think comes back to why I'm talking about this example as a win is because that child expressed that for the first time within this current educational setting, it's the first time that he's felt that there is a chance. Yeah. Um, first place he's been able to form friendships, first time he's been able to express his anger 
and it not be it not go full scale like he's found regulation strategies um however here's this idiot giving me a full green perfect school report so in his head he wasn't staying with us like he thought because it was a good report then you would need to go it would need to go so um yeah it then resulted in self-sabotaging behaviors like it was really, really interesting because I could never have predicted. Yeah. The night I wrote that school report, I thought, yes, that was a win. Like, yeah. can't wait yeah. for this person to read it. Um, and yeah, just so interesting. Thankfully, we've been able to do work together mm -hmm. since. Yeah. And we've tackled that. And this person's getting better at recognising that actually, do you know what? I am doing really, really yeah. well. Um, but I think that was really interesting because again, nothing could have prepared me for mm -hmm. that. That was a total teacher win moment. Yeah. I've got this right. Um, and because of that child's experiences, yeah. it didn't go to plan. So but I, that probably goes back to what you're saying when you don't get taught that in uni. No, no. About a situation where you're 100% certain that mm -hmm. it's going to go well and then that curveball comes in. Uh-huh. 100% certain it's going to go well. It goes well. It's all perfect. <laughs> and you get told, he hates you. <laughs> it's, but it's yeah. also, it's so, I don't even know, I don't even know if it's sad or terrifying that that mindset's there. I know, absolutely. That if you get a good report, that must mean that something negative's going to happen yeah. off the back of it. Yeah. And it's that whole uncertainty that, well, I've not had this experience yet, but yeah. my previous experiences have ended very badly. Again, it goes back to that other young person I spoke about that I'm sorry for whatever I've mm -hmm. done to cause you leaving because with his experiences, adults leaving or people leaving has been his fault. So then the current child that we're talking about, it's like the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Um, a good report. Well, does that mean these adults are going to stop working with me? Yeah. Does that mean I'm going to yeah. stop coming here? Is that is that what that means? Or will I better go back to how I was on day one? And you think, like, that's difficult because yeah. all you're looking for is progress and um, to move forward. Yeah. But it's difficult to shift all mindsets to know that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. Wow, yeah. what a learning curve that is. Yeah. Um, what about... What's the best bit of advice you've had in the job? Ooh, best bit of advice. Um, I think the best bit of advice has been that you will have more of an impact than you'll ever know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've taken that on not just within my teaching career, but as a whole, because I think that very often we don't say sometimes how impactful something's been. And we just think, oh, they'll just know. They'll just know that I really appreciate appreciated that or they'll just know that I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, you'll you'll never understand how, how appreciated um, the, the tiniest little act, yeah. um, how much that has meant to someone so I think I remind myself of that when I do find it difficult mm -hmm. and I think is this enough am I yeah. doing enough what can I do more yeah. of um and I think you know my career has been short so far it's mm -hmm. just I'm only at the beginning um but it's when those little 
when moments come. Yeah. Um, and I had a lovely, lovely moment that it honestly felt like it recharged me. I was just feeling really low this particular week. Um, and I was in Tesco and I just heard, hi. And it was a pupil that I had yeah. taught. Um, and it was so funny because I was more excited than the child, right? And I like screamed and I was like, oh my God, hi. And then this girl was sort of mirroring how I reacted. Mm -hmm. And a woman came up to me and she said, that was so funny. Like I, the woman turned out to be a teacher and yeah. she went, that was hilarious because that was just pure joy in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like you were just so happy. Um, and I think even that, like my favorite question to ask people is, who was your favorite teacher and why? Like what teacher do you remember? And what do you remember them for? Mm -hmm. um, and I love asking people that because I think often the person who they're answering about, they probably don't realize that yeah. they are that impactful in someone's life. So um, yeah, hopefully I am that person. And for I mean, it very much sounds like it. <laughs> Although they said they hate you, but you yeah. know, that's... <laughs> Tough love. In a roundabout way, yeah, it, it works. Um, <laughs> This is quite an interesting question and the reason I, I, I wanted to ask this, I had the same feelings when I worked in the children's panel and I think obviously it would be far more prevalent for, for teachers but how do you manage the kind of the scenarios where these kids have obviously been in situations and it's been down to adults and adult decisions and adult choices and you're obviously sitting and you hear different things and you listen to different things, much to what we spoke about earlier and they tell you naturally, but how do you part that in your mind that people are capable of doing things like that to harm children? Because I really struggled with that. Mm. Like I, I just, I still struggle that there's parts of the human race that, that are in these situations, but how do you deal with that daily? Um, That is tough. I think, I don't even know if my response is the correct one, mm -hmm. but I think you can't spend too long thinking about it. Yeah. I think you would find yourself in a dark, dark hole yeah. of anger mm -hmm. and blame and really negative emotions if you spent enough time trying to understand it. Because I think a lot of the behaviour, particularly you know, things that you will have seen or heard or about on a children's panel, for example, you try to understand it and you just can't. Sometimes yeah. you just can't because you don't know what has gone on in that circumstance to lead to that. And I think it's, it's certainly difficult, especially when you're made aware of these moments or actions, whatever it may be. And then you look at the child in front of you and you think, that was you. Like yeah. it's it's insane, um, but I think I don't know what gives me weird support in those moments, and those moments are really hard. What gives me strange support is that um, I was working with a parent at one time that this parent was given everything, right? Like they gave everything within their capability to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. Now, it was nowhere near enough. Yeah. It will never be enough what this parent could offer because of the intergenerational trauma that they'd experienced, because of the situation that they were in themselves. Um, 
and I'm not, I'm absolutely not saying that a lot of circumstances like, oh, well, you know, they were just trying their best because that's not the case. But I think you'll never understand the full picture. So again, I'm not justifying any of the behavior, but what I try and remind myself is that whatever has happened has happened Mm -hmm. and no amount of thinking or overthinking in my case is going to change that. Yeah. And it's not going to change the experience. However, you are now aware of it and you are in the opportunity to change. You can't change what's happened, but you can change what happens now. Mm -hmm. So as we move forward, be there for that child. And I think the children that I work with, treating them not with, you can't carry around this thought bubble of, oh, but that happened and this happened and they've been through that. Because I think you would actually, you would almost bubble wrap the child and you wouldn't give them experiences and actually you're doing them a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. See if you tiptoe around something, um, you are, you're, you're arguably not giving them what what they deserve. So I think there's a time and a place to sort of process that information. Um, But yeah, just knowing that it's, it's happened. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been an experience um, and then just trying to look forward. And again, as I say, don't spend too much time trying to justify it in your own head because it wasn't your action and it's something that you can't even begin to understand or imagine doing yourself so yes it is it can just to anyone who is sort of finding themselves dealing with it just be careful Mm -hmm. um and yeah just talk to someone if you need to offload um again find someone within a similar profession Mm -hmm. or who will understand and listen and and talk to them about it because sometimes just hearing something can be traumatic within itself um so yeah great answer (laughs) i'm curious um and obviously you you were at the graham armstrong event yep great event by the way thank you it's all done to graham but it was good Um, you were part of it too (laughs) and he'd spoke about obviously the effects because and they won't mind me saying he was one of those kids yep. at high school and he was Absolutely. in that cycle and there was a teacher there to to guide him from a different kind of perspective was there teacher influences that you had grown up that made you want to do it as a profession or was there anybody that was a real kind of shining light for you that you look back on and think that person done me a lot of favors yeah so and it's interesting you ask that actually because this particular teacher of mine springs to mind when when I was um reading the young team mm-hmm. my Mr MacGyver equivalent um was a high school teacher and um the sort of shining light of wow that person really cares was um I it was the day we got our prelim results mm-hmm. and um I was fortunate to within the class I was sitting with my friends at the time and um, they got really positive results and I wasn't the right. greatest at school. Um, and I got my prelim results and it was not good. And the teacher at the time, because they get the results first and yeah. I know Graham spoke about that, yeah. um, but they get the results first and basically she knew how much that was going to upset me. Mm-hmm. So I remember we were sitting in class and I opened the envelope and I looked 
the mark and I wanted to cry because everyone was yeah, like, yeah. it was celebrations all around me and I thought, God's sake, Holly, you're never getting to uni yeah, at this yeah. rate. Um, but little did I know, my teacher had actually looked and already had a plan for me. So at the end yeah. of the class, grabbed me and said, I know how upset you are. However, don't worry. Yeah. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you to this class and I'm going to support you. And I might not be your teacher, but I'm always going to be here. And that door's always going to be open. Mm -hmm. And just that human connection, like yeah. really went the extra mile. And that is such a small act. Mm -hmm. But here I am as a qualified teacher and yeah. I still think about that moment all the time. And I think what's worth saying is that that same teacher, so my brother, he hated school and he didn't have positive experiences at school. Okay. And see, when I ask him the same question, he names the same teacher, um, which, because this teacher just really sees you for a person. Yeah. And um, as Graham spoke about at the, the event that night, like just actually seeing them for an individual, they're a human being yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and as much as your role as a teacher is there to make sure that the academic achievements come along the way, mm -hmm. um, that's only a snippet of what's going on in someone's life. Yeah. They're they've got so much else going on. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I think that that particular teacher is the one that sticks out to me. Um that inspired me to just go and become a teacher myself. I um, love hearing things like that. <laughs> as I say, it's my favourite question to ask people. Um, yeah. have you got a favourite teacher that sticks out in your head? Um yeah, and it's probably see when i look back it's it's we it's small things mm -hmm. um i went to barnaman which was like the wild west <laughs> honestly it was um it was just a school i was just mouthy wee guy like full of bravado yeah and i used to play for the school team that was all i cared about playing football <laughs> that was literally all i cared about and i used to when i could be bothered in class i used to be fine I was never an academic, but I grasped most things. Mm -hmm. And I got, this sounds crazy now when I talk about this. When I was in fourth year, I was re I really good at maths. Got moved into a credit class and I was fuming because all my pals were in the other class. Yeah. And I got moved in with all these kids. Didn't know any of them. Felt so out my depth. Like I could do the work, but see, because there was nobody there, I just acted up. Because I thought I want to go back to that class, mm -hmm. and he pulled me one day. I think we were out. In the, I think I was out in the pitch or something. He's like, "Why are you doing this?" I was like, "We we talk about like the wee bam, <laughs> you're like um, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "He says what you don't realise is if you go back a class, you can only get a say, whatever grade it is. If you're back in that class, that will then affect you if you want to go to college, if you want to go and do something else." He's like, do you think I spend time with kids for the money? Because it's not that great. <laughs> He's like, if you've got a talent of doing something, do it. He's like, you don't need to come out of class and make pals come in. Do your work, leave. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. Like, I've, I've probably heard that off teachers a hundred times at high school, but it just kind of, it just stuck with me. Um, and I've seen him like five, ten years later and I said that to him and he's like, oh, I don't know if I remember that. I think he did. But it was just playing it down. Um, but yeah, it's amazing how you look back at kind of wee mm -hmm. moments like it that. It sticks with you. Yeah, really and does. it's... As much as you always remember teachers that probably weren't great, 
you always cling to those wee mm-hmm. moments, high school especially. Yeah. Because there's so much going on. You're kind of growing up, hormones, your body's changing, everything's changing and you just want to act out. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, yeah, I enjoyed high school, weirdly. Yeah. A lot of people hated high school and I loved it. I know. I think you tend to either hear it as one or the other. Like yeah. Like people either really, because people say to me, oh, you must have loved school because you're a teacher. And yeah. I laugh because I think, do you know, that's crazy. I did, I, I did enjoy school, mm-hmm. but I went from obviously primary, high school, college, in uni, yeah. Now I'm in a classroom. I'll, I'll never be at the classroom, um, so I must have enjoyed it. <laughs> you went full circle. Absolutely. Last Would Absolutely. you ever do high school? I'd love to say I would do high school, but I don't know. Um, one of my closest friends, she's a secondary teacher, mm-hmm. um, and she teaches English. And I was talking to her before coming on here, yeah, um, about her experiences. And although you could say that the setting that I work in compared to the setting that she works in it they're different mm-hmm. there are so many similarities and she faces a lot of the same challenges yeah. um and would say that because i asked her what would you say you know for someone like myself primary mm-hmm. specialist how different is it to a high school specialist and obviously um you've got a subject so yeah. hers is english and she went to study english literature and um Again, what was so interesting is she said, it doesn't matter how experienced or informed you are within your particular subject. Mm-hmm. See if see if you can't form a good relationship yeah. with the kids. They're not, the learning's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I think that can be confirmed in what you say about you always remember the bad teachers. Yeah, I can remember how I felt within the classroom, within my body. Mm-hmm. Like you just... Yeah, it's it's not the same as the classroom environments where yeah. you feel really safe. And I'm I'm not saying that my experiences of classrooms were anything like, you know, the kids that I work with just now. Um, but if you're not, if you're just not feeling it, then it's just not. Yeah, but not. it's a little, even from from what you do to even from being at high school, it could be a little remark from a teacher. Oh, yeah. That just plants a seed. And like you talked about earlier, people then revert to that. Right, okay then, that that's what I'll do. That's yes. what you think I am. That's what I'll do. But you don't realise at that age the damage that that then does to you mm-hmm. from a perception point of view on and going across the board. And you're relying on those teachers that are like, no, that isn't you. Mm-hmm. I'm not having this. Absolutely. And, but yeah, it's... Absolutely. Because often the children that um, within my current class, it's funny because... I am their biggest supporter. Like mm-hmm. I will say to them, um, for example, if they go along to music and they say, oh, do you want to see me play in the drums? I will convince that child that you better remember me when you're famous because yeah. I will be in that crowd screaming like, remember me as your teacher? And they laugh, but I'm serious because I think these children do not believe that. They do yeah. not. I think um, some people would say that with a certain level of, trauma it's difficult to see yourself next week never mm-hmm. mind five years down the line yeah. so when you're asking these children oh what do you want to do when you're older a lot of the children don't know um yeah. and they think well as long as i don't end up inside yeah. then it's a success it's a success and yeah. you think yeah but i'll ask you again what do you want to do and they just they have no idea so i think it's important within my role to like celebrate the wins before they've even happened and reassure these children that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. 
change is always possible and yeah. it does not matter what how you might feel about yourself you mm -hmm. are always capable of of doing something yeah. um some questionable career choices when they have said oh i'm gonna go and do this or do you know and i think right that'll change by next week but we're all what's the, the most, same what's the most random one that you've heard for a career um so it's been based on things like if i've done a lesson and say it's a science lesson right mm -hmm. and it's <laughs> it can be the most random thing like um i'll lecture them what do you want to do when you're older and then it'll be taking screw tops off this thing that we're using for an experiment and they'll turn around and they'll go i'm gonna do this when i'm older <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even a job but they're like there's your answer i'm gonna do this and you just think right okay well we better work to be done there but that's, but that's fine when you were young you used to think jobs that were there were brilliant and they actually <laughs> weren't i was talking to my missus about this the other day I used to think if you worked in Toys R Us, you just tested the toys. <laughs> yeah. like, I genuinely thought that. But see, like the film Big, I uh -huh. thought that's what you done. Just Tom yeah. Hanks sitting in a wee office, testing all the toys. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd love to work there or in a sports shop. I know. Because see, when you think about, when I think of Toys R Us and my perception of that place when I was younger, there was just toys everywhere. Yeah. Like, see now walking through, like if we take my friend's wee boy to Smith's or whatever, and I think, it's just... Yeah a crowded you kids don't know shop of hell <laughs> you know but actually when you're younger you just think like wow and yeah. all it takes is i guess for one inspirational person or a role model mm -hmm. and you might think well i want to do that and yeah. um, like a lot of the women in my family are all nurses mm -hmm. and i respect them so much for yeah. it and i thought i don't i feel like i i wouldn't be able to be a nurse yeah um but i don't know what i want to do so um again it was having positive teachers who really cared that I've ended up in this career but mm -hmm. um yeah that's always a hard question but yeah. especially in your teenage years when Definitely. people are pressuring you for decisions yeah. and you don't know what you want for your dinner <laughs> no put your careers off so like you can work in an office doing what I know just work in the office I know that's it I went to a football player and they just laughed I'm like no <laughs> pick a real job <laughs> that is a real job well that's the thing this whole real job and you just think if, if you're passionate about something yeah. go for it stick at it yeah totally agree yeah um let's get back a controversial question if you could fix one thing in the industry you work in could be it the the job section that you're in just now or the the system that you're working in with money and time not being an object what would it be I'm thinking about this literally because see when people ask me questions like this, I think, right, million dollar question, mm -hmm. answer it properly. <laughs> I think I would take away, I know this could probably be applied to most jobs, but I would take away the financial limitations. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that often you'll speak to people within all different aspects of education and say the funding is not there or there's not enough money for that or not enough funding for staff or making cuts mm -hmm. you know oh that resource is ruined well we can't get it and you think that you've got all these humans who are giving it their everything but again like a lot of jobs and that might be a really boring answer that like a lot of jobs it comes down to money but i think yeah. what i would change is that um taking away those barriers because there's enough barriers to mm -hmm. um this profession as it is without then 
feeling stuck. And I know a lot of teachers, totally not speaking from experience here, but a lot of teachers, you're like, well, I don't have that resource. I'll go and buy it. And I know that's not a healthy yeah. habit to get into um, because then you also end up with loads of random stuff that you just can't use. My poor gran, her bed, like she's got a spare bedroom and it is just the most random. Stationary. There's a tent in it, there's stationery, <laughs> there's books, there's jigsaws. It's the most random stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just like, but I, I mean, money does not fix all problems. Yeah. It doesn't fix even half. But I think, yeah, t- that would be one limitation that I would like to tackle first. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it would relieve pressure um and allow more staff like within teaching just now there are so many teachers out there who would love a job Mm -hmm. um i was speaking to someone who has just newly qualified and there are just there's not many jobs out there at all um but i think that's down to you know we're training and we're hiring new teachers but cost of living crisis not as many people are retiring and um then they're making cuts and they're removing positions within schools and it's yeah that's a whole bigger issue and bigger discussion in itself but yeah i would i would say the Mm. financial side of things yep what do you think is the biggest misconception about the job that people have that your job ends when the bell goes yeah. Um, that and I laugh because some people like to wind me up saying if I say I'm a teacher like no bad six weeks in the summer like all the <laughs> holidays um, what are you moaning for like yeah. um, you know you get paid to have fun and all this stuff and I think that to be a teacher these days is not just to be a teacher mm-hmm. For a lot of children, you are a consistent adult in their life that if you think about how long a child is in school for, like that is a massive, massive part of their life. So often you can be the shoulder to cry on. You can be who they go to for advice. Um, You're loads of things. You can find yourself being a nurse, a psychologist. There's loads of things. There's loads of different hats that people say that you've got to put on and juggle within a day because that's just for one child. Yeah. So then imagine you've got a class of 30 and how I see it is 30 children are coming from 30 homes. Mm-hmm. That's 30 like um, places where there's so much going on. Yeah. It's not just, as we said earlier, it's not just that they come to school and that within those hours, it's their brain is only thinking about school. Yeah. Um, and I think especially children who are from a background where it's it's not healthy and it's not ideal and I think there's a woman Nadine Burke Harris and she looks at the whole adverse childhood experiences and stuff like that and if anyone's interested in learning about that I would Mm -hmm. say to to look her up and look at everything she's done for um learning about it but she describes in one of her books as children who come from difficult or if they've had difficult experiences, um, it can often be, again, as I said earlier, about the whole fight or flight, mm-hmm. um, it can be like living with a bear, that your nervous system is responding as if you are constantly in threat. Yeah. So can you imagine if you feel like you're in a cave 
it's all years and years and years ago you're in a cave and there's a bear and your heart's going and your body's preparing for this traumatic mm-hmm. event which isn't going to come but your body is preparing for it and yeah. you just can't relax and there's so much going on because you're living with the bear so then you think right well the answer is remove the bear but if you can't remove the bear from the cave because what if that bear is a parent yeah what if that bear is a situation that you find yourself in often like it's it can't be controlled and if it was a case of just removing the problem then Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have an issue but i think um that's difficult because then that's just one child sitting in one classroom Mm -hmm. and this whole time that all this has been happening in their head myself as a teacher has been harping on about here's a spelling words of the week and they're sitting thinking like my palms are sweating i can't breathe Mm -hmm. i don't want to go home because i don't want to face what's at home yeah and then children are expected to to achieve academically so i think um that was another to go back to your sort of misconception question that i think you know life's tough and life's tough for a lot of children Mm -hmm. particularly within scotland there's a lot of children who deal with issues that they shouldn't deal with in their life never mind within their childhood yeah um and it it does it strips them of their innocence i think um a lot of children you see haven't experienced childhood because they're too busy being an adult Mm -hmm. at five years old yeah Um, and that's not really something that might ever leave you and Mm -hmm. yes and it brings its own level of sadness as well because you know they're probably not going to fulfill that element of their childhood because their their head is so full of worries about things they shouldn't even be thinking about absolutely and i think what's important about that is you know how people say release your inner child like go out and do something fun my advice to anyone listening to this right now is Mm -hmm. find something that you find fun no matter how embarrassing it is because Mm -hmm. as much as this might come across selfish that I've benefited from this. Like we do things with the children within my current setting and say it's something as simple as going to a trampoline park, right? See, take your shoes off, go on the trampoline park, join them and just just have fun. Um, Because I think there is enough stress out there. Mm -hmm. I don't need to tell anyone that life is stressful. Um, And you're only a child for such a short time and so many people don't get to experience that as it should be. Um, and no one is going to come and say, right, go and have fun. Yeah. I'll take on all your adult stress. Yeah. Leave it to me. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. So allocate time for that because mm-hmm. it is really, really important. A lot. I don't know if you would agree with this being a parent, but you would move mountains for children to enjoy themselves and, oh, God, yeah. and have a good time. Yeah. Why are you not doing that for yourself? Yeah. Like, but I think it's a... And I was... One of my friends who has got twins, yeah. who are twin girls or five, we were talking about this the other day. Like even like my kids are fourteen and eighteen now; they're not kids anymore. Mm-hmm. But I still look at them like they're yeah. five. Mm-hmm. Um, you do you you focus that much on wanting everything for them to be amazing in their life, but you kind of forget about yourself. Or you sacrifice yourself a little bit because even. I remember when they were like grown up in your I still get guilt when I buy myself something in a shop. Like really? and it's so irrational. Yeah. You're like, I've just spent X amount of money or I've bought my daughter a book or something and I'm like, I'll make it a book and I'm like, but then I could get her too and I'm like, What are you what is going through your mind? And I don't think things like that ever 
leave you but i think it goes back to that you just want to give as much yeah as you can to yourself to look back i always look at it and say when they're both in their 20s 30s doing whatever they're doing i want to be able to look back and go do you know what i've done everything i could mm-hmm. and they're happy and they're will i make mistakes 100 percent. everybody does doesn't yeah. matter what you do you're going to make mistakes they're going to make mistakes but let them make them mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. find their way back and do whatever they want to do but yeah it's interesting yeah it is interesting i think that is important let them like yeah. let them make the mistakes and be there for them when yeah. when it goes wrong that's i'm not a parent so i really admire what you're saying there and i think i've people say the same thing that mm-hmm. they want to be able to know that they've done yeah. everything that they can and i think i would apply it to the children within the classroom that yeah. um yeah just allowing them to make mistakes and i think within the current setting it's about almost cushioning that fall because a lot of the time the mistakes that have happened have been catastrophic or they've been yeah. really really severe yeah. that it's cushioning that fall that actually everyone's going to make mistakes and actually that's where we learn mm-hmm. um so yeah just trying to support that yeah totally agree i mean that's probably both spoke about a couple of these but what was the biggest thing from doing all your uni work doing all the kind of mm-hmm. theoretical stuff what was the biggest thing that it just didn't prepare you for at all like when you've got there and you're like taught nothing about this and uni this is completely uncharted territory for me um something that springs to mind instantly because i actually saw this happen today um what nothing could have prepared me for is that sometimes children who again maybe this is down to the experiences that they've had Mm -hmm. um a lot of the time children with trust issues or um a feeling of uncertainty around a new adult for their own reasons um will push you away before they let you in um and i think four years at uni you got all these ideas you learn about all these theories and Mm -hmm. and you read all of this, you know, content that you think, wow, like I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm going to get all the resources. I'm going to get all, like, I'm going to just be so prepared. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself in a setting and the child looks you up and down and goes, well, you can just leave just now because I'm not getting to know you. Yeah. Because it's that whole, to let you in, I need to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, And again, it comes back to the whole, I don't want to look stupid, so I'm not even going to try. And I think that never gets easy because a lot of people find that at the start of a school year, all you want to do is build that relationship, gain that trust, Mm -hmm. implement the routines, make sure that you're creating the right environment. And then see when it gets to the sort of end of the school year, you start to notice that no matter what you've put in, nothing could prepare me for that breakdown of relationship because I remember being on a placement and it was nearing the end of the placement and a child that I worked so hard to really, really make that difference for just started, um, like wouldn't even look in the direction that I was in, um, said, I can't wait till she leaves. Um, And someone turned around to me and said, it's easier for them to hate you than miss you. Yeah. Um, Because, and 
that to me broke my heart and yeah. it never gets easy because now um i know that leading up to the holidays when i'm being faced with really difficult challenging behavior mm -hmm. it's through a loving way yeah, like yeah. um and it's reassuring them that i'm gonna be here and yeah. it's okay but i think nothing could have prepared you for that because yeah you see children pushing you away and there's a particular pupil that when I was leaving um, a class that I taught and he purposely just like he left early, he walked off and um, I never got the goodbye yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, and still that gets me because I wanted to tell him how proud I, uh, proud I was mm -hmm. um, and always will be, but it, it just wasn't in place to have that goodbye. Um, so I think that's difficult because all you want is for the child to be happy yeah. um so yeah that whole and i know i know that even happens across mainstream schools yeah um you've got a teacher for a year again how often are you in the classroom you're with that adult a lot of the time mm -hmm. and then it gets to summer and you think i might never see you again yeah. like breaking off that relationship yeah. um even within the current setting that i'm in if say i get unwell right and i take i've got to take a day off mm -hmm. Sometimes you've got to repair the relationship going back mm -hmm. after one day. It's not just over a long holiday period mm -hmm. or um, changing class or anything like that. Yeah. It can be as simple as just being away. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really, really tough because I've had children turn around to me and say, you have abandoned me. And I've, say I've been on training for a week mm -hmm. and it is of no fault of mine or anyone's, but, and they have genuinely convince themselves that I've abandoned them and that you know it's like repeat repairing that relationship and just reassuring them that yeah. that you, they matter and that you care about them and I think yeah that nothing can prepare you for wow for and that. that's words that are so jarring as well like somebody saying you've abandoned <sighs> me like that's a horrible like that was one of the moments where you think don't cry just now that's yeah. that's a bit of an extreme yeah. response but inside it really gets yeah. to you because you think no i don't want you thinking that yeah. i'm someone capable of doing that to you because yeah. i would never ever want to mm -hmm. yeah wow. so let's let's finish with a question i ask everybody okay. be it the profession they're in or, or whatever they're doing there is a massive massive market of people wanting to be teachers people who are going through uni just now they're in a position you touched on it earlier they're looking for a job they've maybe lost a job mm -hmm. for someone who's at uni just now or is maybe sitting thinking do i want to be a teacher not mm -hmm. sure what advice would you give them based on your first kind of year in this job from the kind of practical side of things that would maybe help them make a decision based on what you've kind of experienced i think i would say go for it yeah. as much as someone in that position just now might turn to social media and what they might see is opposite advice mm -hmm. um but i would say if it is what you want to do then go for it mm -hmm. because i think that as we progress through there are so many opportunities and avenues myself being an example that i would never sitting in uni i wouldn't have pictured myself where i am yeah. currently and that's so quickly within my career you don't know what's going to come up and i think 
there'll be things that you're passionate about in a stronger way than there are with other things. Mm -hmm. And I think always keep those in mind um, and look for opportunities, speak to people, go and observe different settings because learning doesn't just take place in a classroom. Yeah. If, if it's teaching that you want to do, but you're not entirely sure if say primary teaching is right for you or secondary teaching or you can't find a specialist subject, I think go and get experience in different settings because a lot of people, I saw it within my first year of uni, a lot of people got sent on their first placement and thought, absolutely not. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. But it's like any job. You don't yeah. know until you're there and mm -hmm. you're the person that's part of it yeah. and you think, what was I thinking? Um, so I think anyone considering it, um, go with your gut and mm -hmm. just go out and experience what's out there. Um, and I think in a biased way, working with children um, is a great career. Mm -hmm. And anyone who wants to work with children but doesn't see themselves in the sort of educational background, I would say look at the sort of residential route. I yep. would say it doesn't matter what your background is. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if you've done an apprenticeship and you're, you're in the sort of trade mm -hmm. industry. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, there's been success stories across different settings that people have decided, do you know what? I care. I want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just go for it. What's the yeah. worst that can happen? Exactly. So... Thank you so much. <laughs> I, you know, I've genuinely, I, I've loved it because it's, it's something that you can relate back to your own like childhood experiences and teachers and different things. And I think it's such a debatable topic. Yeah. Because you, you know yourself, about a million opinions on teaching on social media from teachers themselves yeah. to parents to kids that have now left school. There's a wild variety but no I, I enjoyed that it was good to have a chat about it thank you very much and i think just on that note and then i'll start rambling on <laughs> um like respect to parents as well yeah. um i'm sitting here oh it's hard for teachers but actually everything that makes teaching difficult it's difficult for parents out there too mm -hmm. there's still the same pressures that make it more challenging so yeah, just everyone's doing a good job in mm. on a positive note <laughs> Love it. thank you so much thank you so much Oh, 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 oh,